You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. We're live, ladies and gentlemen, and man, oh man, do we have a lot to talk about as we welcome you to the UFC Vegas 10 slash Bellator 246 post-fight show live right here on the MMA Fighting YouTube page. If you're watching with us right now, thank you very much, and we want to certainly hear from all of you. If you're watching and listening after the fact because you're asleep like normal people, we welcome you as well. But if you have questions, thoughts about these cards tonight, leave them in the chat. We'll get to them very soon. First things first, I am Mike Heck. Alex Kaylee is joining us as well, along with producer extraordinaire E. Casey Lydon. And gentlemen, what a night. Let's start with the big question from UFC Vegas 10. AK, I will start with you. Michelle Watterson edges it out over Angela Hill via split decision in the main event. It was a fantastic fight. It was a tremendous main event. It was one of those fights where, again, we this seems to be the theme of 2020 UFC events. Do not judge a book by its cover. A lot of people complained about this main event. Turned out to be an excellent fight. I'm curious how you scored this fight, kind sir. Uh, I'm I'm of the unpopular opinion. Uh, I'll say first that I it was I I did actually go. This is gonna make Casey mad. I think I don't want to get our show on a, off on a bad note. But I actually did have it uh, 49 46 Marson. So I was with the the uh, much criticized scorecard that was given by I want to say Sal Diamato. Yeah, Sal Diamato and I were on the same page. That said, the rounds were extremely close. I, I see a lot of people who are upset when they see 49 46, and they're uh, I see the reaction like this is this is crazy. But really, uh, that's with me giving Waterson the second round. It was very close. So if you want to give Waterson the second round. And say it was 48-47, I won't argue, but I don't think giving uh, I don't think giving Hill sorry, I don't think giving whatever Waters in the second round. If you want to give Hill the second round, that's fine. But so I don't I don't think it's that yeah. I'm just saying I don't think it's that it a 49-46 does not reflect how close the fight actually was. Whether you went 49-46, 48-47, I still feel the right person won. So uh, yeah, I think the judges got it right. I think I do think it was at least three to two for Waterson. Casey, you look like you don't agree. You get your cheek on your hand you look like you're about to explode here be you're gentle like, you're like a volcano be <laughs> gentle i bet you scored it for angela hill would that be my guess just looking at your face right now I, i'm as a reasonable fight fan and journalist watching a fight it was i don't understand alex k lee i it, it was a mis, I don't, it's, it's honestly a mistake he's on this show right now but uh <laughs> oh, um no um first of all Great fight. Great freaking fight. Just um, phenomenal fight. $50,000 is fight a night bonus. Doesn't do it justice. Just an awesome fight. Everyone that said this fight sucked as a main event, they suck. And uh, just an awesome fight by both ladies, first of all. Um, I did have it for Angela Hill. Um, I think I had it like most reasonable people. I had one, two, and five for Angela Hill. And, uh, of course, I guess three and four for Michelle Watterson. 
I scored it for Watterson. I thought Hill won the first two rounds. I thought Watterson won the last three. Michelle made adjustments, started punching a lot more, which seemed to turn the momentum a little bit. But, man, Angela is still game. She was still there. She did kind of slow down a little bit, which she admitted in the post-fight press conference. But it, it was understandable. It was her first UFC main event. But, again, I want to make something very clear here. Even though Angela Hill lost the fight, again, and she's done this time and time again over the last year 18 months she belongs in these types of opportunities these types of headliner fights she's one of the best 15 115 pounders in the world i thought she won the dahlia fight clearly and if you scored this one for angela hill like like casey did i ain't mad at you but what a great great fight that was and and hats off to both ladies for just just a tremendous battle um and for those watching right now just a reminder if you have questions thoughts on these two cards tonight leave them in the chat we'll turn it over to you all very soon but uh Let's flip to the other channels, shall we? The main event of Bellator 246, the final Paramount event for the promotion. We have a brand new Bantamweight champion of the world, Juan Archuleta. That championship grit pays dividends. He lost the first two rounds, was in some dangerous spots, but he gets it done. So, Casey, let's start with you. Your thoughts on the main event over at Bellator at Mohegan Sun, Juan Archuleta, finally a, a major promotional world champion. Oh, I thought it was... Um just, I mean, I, um, overall, it's just an entertainment fight. Uh, it, it didn't beat out um, Watterson Hill, but it was just, I think it was, I thought it was a great high level main event. And um, Archuleta, like, just showed that experience, man. Like, um, I thought, I thought, I picked Mix, and I picked Mix to win second round submission. And, um, I mean, it wasn't the craziest pick, and but Archuleta got through it, and um, props to him. And then once, I don't know if, Mix had an adrenaline dump, or those body shots really did were were paying big dividends, like um, the the uh, commentators were saying. But uh, man, Archuleta looked great, and um, he uses that big ass Bellator round cage perfectly. The way he was just circling out, and the way just um, Mix just couldn't 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 get him in a good spot to get a takedown or get a leg or drag him to the ground. And um, Archuleta Archuleta's gas tank is just just top top level and um yeah when this when, when rounds three through championship rounds kicked in oh my goodness he was just he he got even stronger just a great fight and uh, congratulations to Juan Archuleta yeah I, I honestly I think if people had issue with the 49-46 for Watterson I think they have more of an issue of 49-46 for Archuleta like, I thought that was weird Mix clearly won the first two rounds and then Archuleta won the last three but it was a great fight and, you know, great for Juan Archuleta to get the win. And at the same time for Patchy Mix, this is a fight he absolutely needed to have in his young. So he's going to grow and, and learn a lot from this fight. AK, what did you think of the Bellator main event and, and the new champ? Casey mentioned it, and it's something you and I emphasized when we were doing the preview for a lot of this weekend's fights. Experience really, really matters. Mix is insanely talented. I mean, again, you saw that in the first two rounds. Like, this kid is just uh, is just a killer, uh, especially with the grappling. But even when it came to uh, to the stand-up, he wasn't, like, out of his element. You know, he was just dealing with a guy who has more, again, more five-round experience, is more is more used to different scenarios on the feet. Um, so, uh, you know, Archuleta outlasted him. That's, that's what champions do. Uh, always... Always, uh, what are they? Never underestimate the heart of a champion. And, and Archuleta was not the champion going to this fight, but like we said, he's had that experience uh, going to tough fights, both on the winning end and on the losing end. Uh, and he showed it. Uh, I, I only wish that my uh, my Toronto Raptors had shown the heart of a champion 
and they lost to the Boston Celtics. Yeah. I'm I'm kidding. I, they but they they played hard, but uh, they they lost. So that was just my. That's why I just slipped the Raptors. Slipped the Raptors in there. Still very proud of them, but they did lose. Uh, but no, Archuleta, I thought uh, really showed why uh, he deserved the spot to be again slotted into one of the two spots for the vacant title. I think, and I'll, I'll end my statement with this. I think that he is one of the top ten bantamweights in the world. Oh, interesting. I, I, I don't know. I, I thought I that mean, was. I thought that was. I thought that's this was Grant. I, I, he absolutely is. He absolutely is. I, I think if you ask your average person, they'll still need some convincing. But this is, if this is your first that, time seeing Archuleta whole, fight, whole, I would if you're say done you. You're in the UFC. Yeah, you know that's all. Ah, he, he absolutely is no, a top Casey, ten. This is our job. We have to let. We have to let people know. Yes, I would put him in my mythical rankings. Uh, <laughs> my, I always talk about it. On to the next one. I would put him eighth in the world right now. I put him eighth in the world. So I have him just ahead of Corey Sandhagen and a fighter who I think is actually very similar to Jimmy Rivera. Um, and I have him behind. This is controversial. People might put him above this guy. I have him behind Dominic Cruz and then uh, Cody Garbrandt, Pedro Munoz, Frankie Edgar, and the top three, the, top, the rest of the top three at Bantamweight. So I have him solidly in the top ten. That is an interesting point right there. I would like to get the viewers' opinions on that. So if, if you think Juan Archuleta is a top ten Bantamweight in the entire world, Leave it in because Bantamweight's just so good. Like both the like both companies, and even like around the world, 135 is just awesome. It's just an awesome division, just loaded with talent. And uh, congratulations to Juan Archuleta. Right before Archuleta became the champion, Neiman Gracie submits John Fitch in what turned out to be the final fight for John Fitch. The guy's had a long career. He's 42 years old. He's fought everybody, and Neiman Gracie gets this painful looking submission it was like a double submission yeah it was uh it was pretty nasty but hats off great career for john fitch casey i want to start with you you've been covering john fitch longer than any of us have what's kind of your your overall thoughts on his retirement and uh the memory he's kind of left upon you as a fighter in the sport um i i i really appreciate john fitch as a fighter i I think um even though, yeah, his fighting style isn't the most entertaining, but that's what mixed martial arts is. You know, we need those type of grinders, you know, and in the sport because that's just everyone can't be, you know, just you know, uh, everyone can't be Douglas Lima. Everyone can't can't just be Kamar Usman. I mean, that's what makes the sport so fun. There's all these different types of styles, and the fact that John Fitch has been fighting at a very high level for this long, you know, great, great, and um. And and if he, he wants to move on in life, good for him. And um, yeah, but man, what a submission! Holy, it was I think it was like inverted hill hook and a knee bar. I was like, good lord! It's like, and even like when when Fitch tapped, he kind of like I was like, oh, you got me. That was that was pretty awesome. That that was pretty slick. You know, I was, it was just that's just like, no a veteran move. You know, just like well played, well played, Mister Gracie. And um, no, I just um. Yeah, um, no, I I've always enjoyed John Fitch, and um, I haven't necessarily enjoyed his fights, but I just enjoyed just. The variety that he brings to the sport. I had one issue with that whole thing, and that issue is Neiman Gracie should have got the first interview. He should have got the first interview. Like yeah. I, I know, let, let Neiman Gracie reflect in the victory, talk about the win, submitting a guy like John Fitch who's been in many title fights. He's fought the who's who. Let him have his moment, and then throw it to John and. And let him retire and answer those questions. I thought you kind of took the shine from Neiman in that moment, but maybe they talked about it before. Maybe Neiman's like, "You go first. That's something Neiman would definitely do. But I kind of didn't like that. But overall, I mean, great win for Neiman Gracie. Congratulations, Happy trails to John Fitch as he moves on to the uh, the next step of his 
professional life. AK, what are, what are your thoughts on the fight, Neiman Grace's performance, and ultimately John Fitch calling it a calling it a career? Uh, first on Neiman's performance, again, something we mentioned in our previews when we were talking about this is how is he going to bounce back from his first loss? And I was very optimistic that uh, the matchup, you know, a potentially grappling heavy matchup would bring out the best in Neiman Gracie, who, of course, is an absolute artist on the mat. Uh, and it did. You know, like I said, we saw that finish. The way he set it up was just gorgeous. Even Fitch, like Fitch could almost see it coming well ahead of time but couldn't do anything about it. It was almost like once the fight got to a certain point, you're, you are, you're already a dead duck. I mean, you can, you can fight it, but that submission is coming and he knew it. And thankfully tapped out before, you know, any, any serious damage was done. So, uh, and past his, the past of the test was blind colors. The test of how do, how does a, a guy, undefeated guy, uh, react to a very, very humbling first loss. Uh, so he looked great. Uh, and he beat a guy in John Fitch who again fought Rory McDonald, the guy who beat Gracie to a very competitive draw, uh, not too long ago. So great job by Gracie. Fitch is the ultimate wet blanket, uh, and I mean that as a compliment. Uh, I think, as Casey kind of mentioned, you know, he wasn't always a guy who people were looking forward to, but you always knew he could compete with pretty much anybody at 170 pounds and win. And this is not a guy who was a physical marvel. This is not a guy who was a star wrestler. It's well documented that in college he was actually a very mediocre uh, amateur wrestler, and a lot of uh, his opponents kind of used that, kind of took a dig at that until they got in the cage with him. And he smothered them for 15 minutes. So he knew how to MMA wrestle. He's probably one of the best MMA wrestlers of all time. And he beat guys like Paul Daly, uh, Tiago Alves twice. You know, guys who on paper are like uh, Diego, Sanchez, Diego Sanchez, guys who, who seem physically more impressive than him. Uh, and yet he found a way to win. He, he, he fought for a UFC title, which is great. He, he fought GSP, uh, went to a decision with him. Um, and then uh, he won a World Series of Fighting title, which is nice. You know, beat Josh Berkman. So... Uh, it was, or did Josh Brickman beat no, him? No, that, that was like the crazy oh, so it's the other way around. I apologize. Yes, that was the, uh, he, he got choked unconscious by Josh Brickman. I apologize. After he took a big uh, shot. Yeah, he got hit hard. Yeah. Yes. Well, I had to look at that stuff just yeah. now. He beat, I'm sorry, he beat Sir Wow Zeferino, uh, but still held the title and then won a, uh, won a grappler's delight match between, with Jake Shields, which was kind of a uneventful fight, as you can imagine. So, uh. <laughs> I think people should look fondly on his career. Not necessarily, again, kind of like Casey mentioned, they're probably not going to look at his fights as classics and at any time. There's no point they're going to go back. I'm going to watch like five or six John Fitch fights, really, you know, uh, just make my day. That's probably not going to happen. But uh, he definitely holds a, a notable uh, place in, in MMA history. If there's one fight you probably should watch with John Fitch, watch the Paul Daly fight. That pretty much defines who... <laughs> He is as a fighter, how opponents view him as a fighter, because he had Paul Daly all sorts of frustrated, so yelling at the referee all night. It was so hilarious. Casey, what do you want to say? Actually, I want to say, if you want to watch, to me, watch a definitive John Fitch victory, go back in the UFC Fight Pass and go to UFC 153. That was the first big pay-per-view back in Brazil. Oh, yeah. John Fitch fought, at that time, a very, very high-level prospect named Eric Silva. And, and that was supposed to be Eric Silva's... Uh, it was it was supposed to be a bit of a showcase fight. There, were, I think he was like maybe uh, not the co-main event, but definitely a featured fight in the pay-per-view. And Eric Silva put a whooping on Fitch that first round, but then Fitch came back and then put a whooping on Silva. And actually, I think uh, did he actually finish him? No, he won by he won winning by decision. But mm-hmm. I, I remember being in the arena, sitting in press row for that, and it was just I thought it was I don't know why it, what it was for me. It made it. I don't know what it was, but I just remember that moment. It was just a very spectacular feeling. Just so, because I think at, at that point that night, all the Brazilians were winning. It was crazy. Like, especially, you remember the very early UFC pay-per-views there in Brazil? It was just, it was just nuts. And then for this American guy just to just smother this guy and just beat the crap out of Eric <laughs> Silva and just kind of take that enthusiasm out of like the 20,000 people there. It was just, it's like, oh, this is, 
so John Fitch. I love it. So here comes, that, here that comes the wet John blanket, Brazil. Here comes the wet blanket. You're wet. John <laughs> Fitch just won. And you're wet. Uh, that is the only time he won a fight of the night bonus in a victory uh, in the UFC. So he only won two fight of the night bonuses, one for the GSP fight, uh, which he lost a uh, pretty lopsided decision. And then, as Casey mentioned, the Eric Silva fight. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. There's some homework for everybody. If you want to look back on the on the great career of John Fitch, happy trails to you, sir. We appreciate all you've done for a great sport. Co-main event for the UFC, Otman Azaitar finishes combo worthy in just over 90 seconds. It was, that, that guy is just a piston, man. He just gets right in your face and starts throwing bombs. He's super aggressive. He's only got one speed. But uh, good Lord. Good fight. Good finish. Gets it done. Let me ask you this, AK. Do you agree with the stoppage? Because comma worthy was was none too pleased he got up and i don't know like at, at points i thought he was like kind of wobbling around but at other points i'm like oh he looks okay like did, was it a good stoppage yeah if we're gonna look if we're gonna come down uh, on ref, on uh, referee or dean for his questionable stoppages of which there have been many by the way i'm not letting him off the hook for any of his the other some of the mistakes he's made this year uh let's also point out when he does well so this was i think i thought a very good professional stoppage uh kind worthy if you people watch the replay he was he was not defending those shots. He didn't even have a hand up, not proven position. He was eating some very, very, very hard shots to the head. So I have no problem with Dean uh, getting in there intervening. And they showed a little footage after of uh, of Worthy and Azaitar looking at the screen after. And it looks like Worthy kind of nodded at him like, oh, like you got me. Like, like I, I have a feeling Worthy does not remember a lot of what happened there. And probably after seeing the footage, I don't think he has much of, had as much of a problem with, uh, with the stoppage. I, I, I was shocked the way that the the comma worthy approach to that fight like i knew he was he, he likes to get in these brawls and start swinging wild at times but especially after watching luis pena fight i thought he'd be methodical about it but he was just like nope let's just get in there and and swing and bang and have some fun so he told you he ain't a dj he ain't a dj you don't care about records he told you that's right it was good for kyle i mean kyle will be back he's an exciting fighter but Otman, i guess casey is going to move on to fight island dana white said it at the post-fight scrum they don't have an opponent just yet, but they're going to try to book him on Fight Island for one of these cards. So me and me and AK are going to get into the matchmaking on Monday morning for everybody to check out. But what would you like to see next for Mr. Azaitar after that victory tonight on Fight Island? First of all, great stoppage by Mr. Herb Dean. He gave uh, Kama excellent chance to recover. And, we, and, like, and like AK said, when he went down on the ground, his arms were not up and those were just... It was it was a good it was a very good stoppage very good stoppage. Um, no, I would love to see Opman fight um, Opman fight um, fellow um, winner tonight, Mr. Bobby Green. Ooh, that that's is the a fight. good one. That is, I, I, actually, as soon as the fight was done, I was like, I was like, wait, he's a lightweight, right? I was like, okay, Bobby Green. That's the fight I want to see. So I want to see Bobby Green in the, in the in the cage again, and um, yeah, that's the fight. That's an interesting one. I actually I have one in mind. I'm going to say it for Monday. That I think is really really good. That will fit the Fight Island theme, uh, international matchup. But we'll get to that on, on Monday morning. But, but I will uh, say this so, about, about, about oh, man, um, How do you say this? You know, I'm a this guy is going to be on big cards. So I, I need to memorize his name right. Azaitar. 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 Okay, um, Mr. Azaitar. He fights in a style that I could name any dude in the world who weighs 155 pounds, and it would be an exciting fight. I think he's just one of those guys. So, um, yeah, I can name anyone of it. That's a good fight, yeah. So um, he's just uh, he's an exciting personality and um, obviously an exciting finisher and fighter. So, um, 
yeah, let's see who's going to be that first fighter to really uh, figure him out. So he gets 50000 for his win. Kevin Kroom, what a story that was. Not, finishes Roosevelt Roberts in a matter of seconds. Biggest underdog on the card. What a story he is. Uh, we're working on him for what the heck, so we'll hear more of that story. And then the fight of the night, obviously, was the main event between Michelle Watterson and Angela Hill. But you know what? Let's let's throw it to the peeps. I know they have thoughts. They have a lot on their mind. I know there's other big stories, which I'm sure is going to be asked about. So might as well just let the peeps dictate, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. Let me see what we got here. Busy weekend here in MMA. Uh, yeah, I want to hear from the peeps. There's a lot of reactions on Twitter. A lot of a lot of positive reactions to the main event. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and the Ed Herman con- did we talk about the Ed Herman Mike, Mike Rodriguez thing? I'm sure we will at some point. Yeah, but. that's yeah. okay. We'll get. To, I know that people want to know. We'll definitely get to it. Whether you guys ask about it or not, we will get to it for sure. I'm sure we're gonna talk about it. Yes. Uh, oh, hey. hey. <laughs> hmm. Did Vegas the honor the Herman bets? It's a great question. <laughs> yeah, we'll have that's to go wild. to our, our our Herman sources. Uh, I would. I oh wait did Vegas honor the Herman I mean definitely yeah they yeah definitely it was, it was a joke yeah. yeah for sure yeah okay yeah. okay Mary oh Mary Chang hilarious <laughs> all right um, so I mean she opened the door for us so we might as yeah. well talk about it I mean if, if you didn't watch the card and you're watching this to kind of figure out what happened here's kind of what happened Mike Rodriguez was tuning up Ed Herman for several minutes throughout that fight at one point he has him against the cage he lands two big knees to the body and Ed Herman just collapses to the mat and Chris Tyone, the referee comes in, looks like he's going to stop the fight. He delays it and then says time. And Mike Rodriguez looks at him and goes time. What the hell are you talking about? Says it's a low blow. He's giving Ed Herman five minutes. He, the didn't, replay he, he didn't say low blow. He didn't say low blow. What do you know? Remember nuts. what he said? He said nuts. <laughs> nuts. <laughs> Sorry. Mike, Mike's like, what do you mean? He goes nuts. <laughs> so he goes, Mike goes back in his corner and Ed Herman milks this thing a plus acting job and hollywood continues so 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 the fight restarts rodriguez drops him again almost finishes the fight again third round ed herman's going for a takedown rodriguez starts landing elbows could have been stopped again still doesn't get stopped ed herman ends up miraculously submitting mike rodriguez with a nasty kimura to end the third round all sorts of craziness. Dana White was pissed off, as could be expected. I'll admit it, I was a little pissed off at how this all went down, but they are going to appeal. I did talk to Mike Rodriguez's manager, Tyson Chartier. So they are going to appeal. And then Dana White in the post-fight scrum said Rodriguez is still going to get his win bonus. So wow. I asked his manager again, does this change anything? And he said, no, we're still going to appeal. I'm happy we got the win bonus. So a lot to unpack here. Mike Rodriguez got the big, fat screw job tonight. But he's still going to get his money, so I'm happy about that. So, AK, your thoughts on this whole situation with uh, Steve Mazzagatti, a.k.a. Chris Tyone, according to Dana White? Uh, Al, first, Al Mack, congratulations for cashing in on Herman <laughs> plus 380. Well done. Nice. Uh, Waximus won. Is Ed Herman come back one of the great? Yeah, I mean <laughs> – it's I, I I mean we've seen people come back from uh, from you know being down the scorecards. It's very rare to see someone come back from actually being finished. I would say the fight was technically over, except that it wasn't, and somehow coming back to win the fight. Uh, I don't blame. Uh, there was another a comment earlier. Do we blame Ed Herman for the way he handled it? Hell no. Absolutely. Hell no. And uh, I think Luis Pena tweeted, "If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying." And look, that's a very glib. Uh, somewhat cynical way to look at uh, athletic competitions, to look at the fight game. But again, Herman just really, really took advantage. He was clearly hurt. Okay, that knee up the middle, when they showed the replay, all it showed was two things. 
uh, that the knee, at least initially, did not catch the cup at all. Some people said maybe on the way on the rebound, I might have glanced it. Uh, even if that's the case, it was obvious that that knee was buried into Ed Herman's chest. Uh, and that is what did the damage. That landed clean. That was a fight-ending knee. Uh, and Ed Herman was probably as surprised as anyone as to why the fight was paused. And then he heard the magic word of nuts and then said, okay, nuts. I will now grab my nuts and I will I will help Chris Tyone sell the situation and help myself, I believe, take a full five minutes of rest and get back into this fight. Uh, so uh, a little sneaky. But again, when you're in – look, Herman has been fighting for 17 years. There's a lot of stuff he's just doing instinctually. I don't think he makes a, a, a calculated, deliberate decision to say, oh, I'm going to do this now uh, after taking that knee to the body. No, it's just everything's just happening. He's reacting. He sees an opening, again, to rest, recover, uh, and then pull off that miraculous finish uh, around later. So uh, I don't take anything away from Herman. I feel incredibly bad for Mike Rodriguez. He was 100% robbed of victory. That was a second-round TKO via body, uh, knee to the body, and he should have had a win tonight. Casey, what do you think? I mean, have you ever seen anything like this in, in all of your years covering the sport? Like, like this? I can't remember anything quite like this. Um, I don't remember the details of it, but I remember like how Josh Koscheck was famously faked an eye poke, I think, or faked a knee <laughs> on the ground years ago. But I don't think, but this was the, this is by far the worst one of all. Dana White used to always say before every card, you know, every card has a holy shit moment, like something you you've never seen before. You know, <laughs> I think we've seen enough MMA now where that we don't get a holy shit moment every single card now. But to me, this was a holy shit moment because I don't think I've ever seen a fighter just during a fight just deliberately cheat and then milk it, milk it for five minutes. And I, I just never seen that. I, I don't. I've seen guys, oh, I got eye poked, and the, and the ref's like, are you sure you got eye poked? They're like, oh yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Or or they spit their mouthpiece out, things like that. Or maybe they fake a nut shot, but he took five minutes off when he was getting. I just. Ugh. And then, and, and you know, I was bitching online. I was complaining on Twitter, like ah, blah blah blah. And people were like, "Oh, what's that Herman supposed to do?" I was like, "You know, you, you get the W." You know, I was like, "You know what? Get the W." But then in the post-fight interview, go, "Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was it was in the groin era. You know, he, he he did that whole like, I don't know, did it hit me in the balls? I'm not sure. Like, bro, if Mike Rodriguez puts a knee in your groin, you are going to know it. It, it is not. There is no like, I don't know. It's like. I'm just, um, I got into mixed martial arts because I thought this was about honor and integrity, guys. I just, so I'm just, um, I'm just, maybe, um, I'm just, just a little heartbroken about the sport. So, if, so if Anthony Smith had taken the title that night, you would have been okay with that? AK? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Would you, I, I, I No, I I've been hard. Like, I, I'm, I'm rematch, still, I'm, but. But that was a legit one, though. People remember the people remember <laughs> winners. Okay, look, Vitor Belfort to this day is still referred to as a former UFC light heavyweight champion, uh, and that is one of the biggest weirdest fluke victories ever. The 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 cut he opened up a cut on with from the the glove a seam of the glove opened a cut on Randy Couture's eyelid, and the fight had to be stopped. And it was not a no contest. It was ruled a TKO victory for Vitor Belfort. And Vitor Belfort's a great fighter who has this amazing resume and can now kind of tack on champion on there. Uh, do people care every time it's mentioned up how it happened? No, they they don't care. 
there. Uh, I, I'm a, the Anthony Smith thing. I'm, I'm on both sides of it. You know, it's it, it's I 100% respect they didn't take it. I actually love love that about him. Um, but at the same time, if he had, I would have thought it was great too. Uh, I would have like I say it would have been a nice feather in his cap for his career. He would have gotten another big fight with John Jones. Um, so really, he should have done it. But I don't think he he regrets not doing it. I don't think anyone who's a fan of his should regret that he didn't do it. You know, it's just one of those funny kind of footnotes, what ifs, right? Uh, and I guess that's sort of what this Ed Herman situation is too. You know, you have to feel a little bit happy for Ed Herman, if only because he str- he struggled so much to even just get in the cage this year through no fault of his own. Opponents dropping out, testing positive for COVID. So uh, he said himself he had like no paycheck for like six months or something. So uh, at least from the UFC, I should say. So. Um, uh, it was good uh, at least to see him get in there and get his his win bonus. And also, uh, nice to know Mike Rodriguez is too. It sucks that he has to have a loss in his record, but at least he's getting paid as well. It'll be interesting to see once this appeal goes down if it actually gets overturned. I know things the majority of the time do not get overturned. Most of the time. Very few examples of things getting overturned. But this will be interesting, I think. But Ed Herman must have watched Bellator 245 to get his acting skills going on because there were some gnarly nut shots on that card. <laughs> Man. But, the um, Raymond but, Daniels but, but, fight was so bad. Go ahead. But pro- no, I just want props to props to um, UFC and Dana White for um, paying Rodriguez his win bonus. Though um, I I will take credit for it because I actually tweeted at Dana White, so I think he saw my tweet. I was like, Mr. White, it would be very generous of you if you play if you paid Mr. Rodriguez his win bonus because he won that fight. I appreciate it as a fan. And I think he said, I think he saw, I was like, this is the Otter Pops guy, right? The Otter Pops guy who's always trying to get on the bracket. He's like, he's like, I feel so bad. We've never had this guy on. I, I should really, I should really take his suggestion to, to make up for all the, the brilliant tweets of his that have not been featured on our broadcast. We're even you now. tried so hard tonight to get on the broadcast too. <laughs> you tried so hard. <laughs> I was just waiting for it. Just never had. All right. What else we got? So much, yeah. so much to talk about. Okay. What a crazy a night. Um, just because I see this right now, this is from last night. Thoughts on Kat Zingano. I personally thought she looked off. I mean, she even admitted that it wasn't a great performance. It wasn't a perfect fight, but you know, it was her first fight in a long time. First fight in a new promotion. She fought a very tough, scrappy fighter that is nearly impossible to finish. Who's been in there with, with some of the best 45ers in the world. She had been, I mean, it's, it's been a long time. The last fight she had was that crazy fight with Megan Anderson that ended in such a bizarre way. And then she's gone through all these different things in her life and to finally get back in there. I'm sure there were a lot of nerves and a lot of things in her mind. So I think I would attribute it to that. And she knows she's got some things to work on. She's going to go back to the drawing board, as she said, and she's going to try to improve and get better. But, you know, if she fights Leslie Smith or fights Julia Budd in her next fight, which both of those could be potential options. We'll see how she bounces back from there. But to to outlast a scrappy, scrappy, tough girl like Gabby Holloway last night, the way that she did after that amount of time off, I thought it was a pretty good performance, and she was pretty honest about it. Any Anybody else want to give their thoughts on Kat's performance last night? Uh, again, I'll admit I actually did not get to see that fight. Uh, again, I was too busy watching my Raptors blow a Game 7. But uh, uh, the optics of it are, I understand, are difficult for people. I'm sure people will see, oh, this is her debut fight. They lined her up with, uh, you know, a relatively unknown fighter in Gabby Holloway. Why did she not, whatever, so submit her or knock her out inside the first round? Like I said, Holloway, really tough fighter. Uh, and secondly, again, uh, this is this is Kat's first fight in almost two years, uh, December 2018, her last fight. New promotion, so kind of changes there. And, of course, her first fight of the COVID era. So uh, a lot of things working against her. 
Um, again, not to make excuses, like again, we said she herself has already admitted she knows it wasn't her best performance. But uh, yeah, I, I think facing a, a higher level of competition will cause her to step up her game. I, I don't think we've seen the last of uh, really primes in Gano. Yeah, I do think she has some some really good performances left in her. So it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, people may have been a little disappointed by her bell to her debut, but uh, I think she can only go up from there. Casey. She's going up. This is only a, this is only her second fight at forty five, right? Her first fight was Megan Anderson, right? Uh, yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So it's only a second fight in forty five. When she fought Megan Anderson, the fight ended like in two minutes when her eyeball got sliced <laughs> with a toenail. Yes. So we can't even count that like as any actual in cage experience. So and then obviously the COVID promotional change. She's had she's had lots of ish, health issues outside of the cage, and. And she still won on two judges' cards, 30-27. Against a woman that came in heavy, too. So let's... Um, That's true. Kat's, oh, yeah. So um, Katzen Garner, while she didn't look like, oh, she's going to smash Cyborg, no one thought that. I thought it was fine. It was a, it was a Katzen Garner fight against a... Uh, in, I, I think Katzen Garner just actually has to put more muscle on or something or maybe go back down to 35 because if she wants to fight at the highest level... Um, but, um, unfortunately, actually, Bellator doesn't, uh, yeah, Bellator doesn't have a 35 division for some weird reason, but, um, it was a, it was a performance and a win, and, um, I wouldn't put too much, I don't know, I wouldn't raise too many red flags about Zingana's performance. Yeah, and Liz Carmouche got a, got her debut win tonight oh, via yeah. submission, so good, thank good you. on her. Thank you for the question, Dr. Alan Grant, don't get eaten by any dinosaurs. <laughs> That's spoiler. Awesome. Uh, spoiler. Thank you for, oh, spoiler, sorry. Jeez, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, the, the dinosaurs are in a park. It's safe. Everything's safe. He does it. He, survi- he survives, Casey. Okay, okay. We've all seen it. This isn't really a question, but just... This is not a question, but... A lot of love for Sabina Mazo. Finally. Yeah. Gets, gets that big finish. Lands that that patented head kick and turns it into a rear naked choke. Starts off the night in a big way. That fight was, was a lot of fun. Like, it was pretty much the way I laid it out on the preview show. But Mazo gets the finish. Big win for her. What'd you think, Casey? That was a fun one. Oh, I'm I'm a big fan of Sabina Mazo. I actually am a big fan of Justine Kish. I'm very happy she's at tw- uh, 125 now because I know a lot of her early UFC fights were at 115 and she just didn't look good. And um, no, but I think uh, Sabina Mazo looked great. And um, I thought it was um, yeah, the great high kick and finish at the choke. Good on her. I can't wait to see her fight again. Yeah, for sure. Who man? Where 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 would we put her? Like I'm trying to think like in the division. Is she like kind of right outside the top fifteen? Just because she's a prospect, I guess, kind of right outside that top fifteen or easy, easy fight. This is an easy fight. This is an easy matchmaker. Oh, you got one. Is Mazo, this- Mazo versus Lipsky is the fight to make. That's the only fight to make. I like it. What do you think, AK? Is he muted? Hey, AK, you're muted. Come oh, on. sorry, I was muted. I was sorry. I was drinking <laughs> water. People do not need to hear me drink water. They may want to. Some people enjoy that sort of thing, but I'm not, you know, that's we, on my OnlyFans. We have only lots fan. of comments about your water drinking later. That's my, no oh, my OnlyFans.com if you want to hear the sound <laughs> oh, of me drinking God. water. Um, that's that's on there. That's part of it. Uh, I thought she looked great. I love – there's so many things to like about Mazda. For one, she has the the gimmick. Of, she came in, you know, uh, off these two, like, into the UFC and these two, like, insanely exciting uh, head kicks. So, of course, she comes to the UFC and the reputation is, oh, she's going to be kicking everyone's head off. That's not always how these things work out. She lost her first fight. Um, but rather than see her hype train derailed, she has bounced back with three really, really good performances. Uh, the Aldridge fight was really entertaining. Probably, uh, you know, it, uh, it was a closer fight than, than the Dobson one. But she really showed, again, why she's so highly touted. And then, of course, uh, by the time you get to that, now that fourth UFC fight, 
and uh, you know the last win of the streak. Uh, sorry, this current, you know, last one for now. You want to see a finish, and that's exactly what she delivered. And she was spamming those head kicks. You know, Justine Keach is just too tough for her own good. You know, I'm sure her corner was screaming, "Watch the kick!" But Justine Keach's great chin. You know, so she's like, "Oh, I'll just take it. I'll block it. I'll take it." And she was getting kicked the body. She's getting kicked in the head. From from the first round to the last, she was eating head kicks. Uh, I don't know if I've seen uh, someone uh, sort of flyweight take that many head kicks. And of course, it was just one too many by the end. And Samazo is just great, great leg power. Uh, and heard her and got to finish. So, so much like with Mazo, very young. She's only, I think, 23 years old. Uh, a great representative of Colombia. So, uh, yeah, nothing nothing but good things ahead. I love the idea of the Lipsky matchup. Um, she was, I think she was one of the stars in the night. Uh, on a night where a very eventful uh, UFC Vegas 10 event, I think she was one of the stars of the show. I agree. That was the first time Justine Kish has been finished in her career as well. Wow. Really? In, in her amateur days. Wow. Yep. First finish, first time. She's lost... A split decision and a unanimous decision in the UFC, and then that was the first time she was finished. So, huh. good on her. Great performance for Sabina. I think her and Lipsky is the fight to make at this point. No issues with that. Um, I don't know if we actually said this, but um, did we talk about this? Warrior bonus for today's fights from each promotions. I don't think Bellator does bonuses. No, but they don't do it. But did we did we announce the UFC bonuses? We did. Yeah. Oh, we did. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, Very uh, quick at the beginning. Yeah, Kroom, Kevin Kroom, mm-hmm. Otman, oh, Zaitar, yeah. and then the fight of the night was was the main event between yes. Michelle Watterson and Angela Hill. So. Right. Well deserved. Uh, well deserved. I know uh, sometimes people roll their eyes when it's always the the main event always seems to get it by default. But oh. this was definitely a night where there was multiple, I think, worthy fight of the night candidates. And this one clearly stood head and shoulders. I think it's one of the best fights of the year. I, I think it's, you know, for for people who were who critical of, not critical, but I'll just straight up say it, haters of uh, WMMA, of women's MMA, you're going to look real foolish by the end of this year because I think three of the top ten fights are women's MMA fights. Number, I mean, number one is probably going to be Joanna Jacek and uh, Zhang Weili. I think this fight is absolutely up there. Michelle Waters and Angela Hill, and of course uh, Lisa Versosa and uh, Julia Stolyarenko from that same the Hill, the um, Zhang uh, Jacek weekend. So that's that's for me. It's three locks right now. If I was making my list, say three locks for my top ten. Uh, I don't know how the top five is going to look, but I think Stolyarenko, Versosa, and Zhang and Jacek are in there. So awesome fight tonight. And Dana White also said uh, during the post-fight press conference after he announced the bonuses that all the guys and gals who got finished this tonight were going to get some extra, extra cashola as well. Ah. So let's make that the norm. Let's make that the norm. Can we just say if you get a finish, you are immediately like you fifty thousand dollars? Like obviously, you know there can be discretion if it's a controversial. Excuse me, if it's a controversial finish, but otherwise, I think if you get a clear-cut finish automatic extra 50 G's or more. I mean, I would say more than that, but you let's start small before we, you know, start uh, changing everything in the UFC because they're not going to do that. So yeah, 50 grand, if you get a finish, I hope, I hope everyone gets at least something close to that for, for the hard work they put in today. You need to drink some water, AK? I, I'm a little parched, but now I'm self-conscious about it because we've <laughs> talked about it so much. And again, I have to now, again, onlyfans.com slash AK Lee, uh, <laughs> Twenty twenty nine ninety nine a month, and you will get to see such things. Here, such things as me drinking water, and uh, I will even give you a peek of my rankings. <laughs> if oh you know, man! If you know That's what I'm saying, right I don't if even my, know. What these and by rankings, rankings are. I mean rankings. <laughs> Great! Now we now we can't monetize this. Way to go! Jeez, uh, uh, I We have the stats, by the way, from the Watterson Hill fight. Uh, UFC stats. UFC stats. The official UFC stats, oh. I believe. Uh, yes. You, so, uh, so wait, before you before you read the stats, mm-hmm. remind the viewers and listeners who you scored the fight for, especially round five. I, I scored the fight for Watterson. And, and how did you score round five? 
Uh, I also scored for, I, I gave her two, three, four, and five. All right. Now read the stats. Okay. The stats are very, very close. Nope. They are, no, they're very close. They're slightly favorable towards Hill. Okay. But it's total significant strike counts 131 to 128 for Hill. That's overall. Uh, Hill won rounds one, two, and five. In, just this just significant strikes. Uh, 20, she won the first one, 26, 21, round one, 33, 31, round two, 39, 37, round five. So this is how narrow these rounds are. This is why I really feel like, regardless of how you scored it, this fight was close. Uh, with the two rounds, Watterson won uh, 13 to 11, round three, 26, 22 in round four. So round three, one of the ones which I think most people thought Watterson won was actually also super close. Um, she was one for 18 on takedowns. Uh, so not, not a spectacular number. Uh, and Casey, you're not going to like this. I think it's the sheer volume may have won Watterson the decision, uh, total strikes, 361 to 278. And that's just attempts. That's just attempts, not, not percentage. She actually landed a, a fairly low percentage. So sorry, Casey volume. I think volume may have won the day, unfortunately. Uh, you suck. <laughs> I'm just waiting to get the reaction. <laughs> Those are the numbers. So there's no, was, I'm not, was, I will not. Was round three the, the 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 very dominant round by Michelle when she had um, Angela Hill down on the ground? Or was that round four? Yeah. That was round three. Yeah, it was that round was three. three. And okay. that's what it seemed like. But again, significant strikes, just 13 to 11. Though total strikes, it was the biggest. It was the, t- Total strikes, it was the clearest round uh, by far, 36 to 18 for Watterson. Every other round was uh, neither fighter landed. No more of a difference than five uh, total strikes between them. So uh, that was quote unquote the most dominant round but I really feel every round was was except for maybe round three was fairly close. Okay, I have no problem with the, with the Angela Hill scorecard either. I just saw I thought Watterson edged out four of the five. It's a good fight. It's a great fight. Great awesome fight. fight. Excellent. Awesome fight. fight. What else we got? Uh, do, 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 do. Billy Corintillo should fight Alex Caceres or the winner of Hakeem and Zabira. Hmm. I like all those options. We gotta take these notes. We gotta take these notes for onto the next one. Yep. We gotta take notes, steal these ideas, not give this guy any credit. Although I, I booked I already booked Alex Caceres to fight Lerone Murphy on oh, Fight so he, Island. So. He's off the list then. He's off the list. Ooh, you know what we haven't got because there were so many fights tonight. A fight that we haven't got any questions about, but I want to talk about is Miss uh Eubanks versus the Raging Panda. That was a great fight. It was that a great was fight. a great fight. It was um there's Avila got 10 aided in the second round, and people still thought it was like, this is the best fight of the night so far. It, and it was a good fight. Avila just is like, <laughs> she's she's such a wild woman. She is such a wild woman. Just gets in there and just throws bombs. Like, And at the beginning of that first round, I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be just like the Mazzani fight. Like, she started landing those shots. She's charging forward, that ha-ha-ha. But Eubanks, great performance. She, I think if there's any fighter on either of these cards tonight that flew under the radar more. I, I can't think of one who flew under the radar more than Shadara Eubanks. Everyone thought that Avila was just going to go in there and, and do her thing and, and just use Eubanks as a, as a stepping stone, so to speak, to to get to a top 10 fight. But Eubanks, well done. I mean, that was a great form. She's getting better, and she's definitely – 135 is definitely the place for her to be. No doubt about that. Yeah, I thought I actually I thought I thought Eubanks. I don't remember if she if I thought she won, but I thought maybe I did think I thought she beat um, I think Aspen Ladd uh, maybe a year or so ago. That was and a like, really close fight. It was a very close fight. I, I remember I think I thought Eubanks was going to get smoked in that fight, but I was like, man, Eubanks got hands. But God, I just for Julia, I, I just really feel like she, 
it kind of sucks that those that, that twenty second victory, twenty second victory she had over Mazzani a few months back. I think that actually hurt her in the sense that she needed more cage time, and I think that's what hurt her in this fight. She just hasn't had enough time in that in that UFC octagon because um, once you got in deep waters, yeah, uh, Eubanks has just had more experience in the UFC, and uh, it really showed. Man, but that that second round when Avila's just throwing those hammers, and then she throws that kick for no reason. And once and once that and then Eubanks, is, I mean Eubanks is like yoink, took that kick and grabbed and took her down, and then everything changed because up to that, Abila was actually winning that first I don't know minute of that fight just, and I I just wondered what would happen if Abila didn't throw that kick because she was doing so good in the stand up just with her hands, but um hey uh, Sarge is great I can't wait to actually I can't wait to see both of them again. Yeah, I mean. You have to imagine, and, and Julia didn't really play this off like it was a big deal in any of our conversations, but she's had more changes to her fights than like anybody I can think of over the last year. Just just the road to get to this fight tonight, she's booked with with uh, Nico Montano three different times on three different dates on two different countries, and then finds out that she's not going to Abu Dhabi anymore and takes a fight a, nine days later. Like, it was just it has to affect you in some way, especially when you're ramping up camps and you have to stop them. Then you have to ramp it up again and then you stop them. Then you have a new date and you have to scientifically plan it out in a certain way. So you peak at the right time and then you fight nine days later. Like that has to have something to do with it. And I'm not making excuses for Julia. I'm not taking anything away from Shajar because I thought Shajar's game plan was absolutely perfect. And she deserved that win tonight. And she looked great. That's a huge win over someone with a lot of hype and a lot of momentum. So Sajar Eubanks is in great shape right now and I think whatever shine Julia had and whatever kinds of fights they were looking for her if she had beat Sajar I think you get to put Sajar in that spot if you're going to bump Julia to a top 10 fight I think Sajar deserves a top 10, 10 fight now after that performance tonight as well uh, Avila, Avila remains a talented and lovable dork uh, I believe it was on your show I, was, I don't know if it was on your show Mike I think that she said the line about there will be blood uh, yes. But it won't. But it won't be my. Like she had to clarify. Oh, there will be blood, not my blood. Uh, which is <laughs> such. A, it's such. A, again, if you've ever seen a Julia Avila, it's such a Julia Avila thing to do. Like I just want to make this clear. There's going to be blood, mostly hers, maybe some of mine, but mostly hers. Which is, you know, her way of saying I'm going to win the fight. And I'm, her trying to be a badass, I guess. Which is uh, doesn't. She doesn't really fit that profile. But she certainly fought like a badass today. Uh, as did Eubanks, because you mentioned guys like uh, some of those exchanges on the feet were just the, the very first one. Right in front of the camera, just you could those they were just banging, yeah, bop, bop, exactly. It was like they were hitting pads, like the pads were each other's heads, yeah. Uh, and it really felt like one of them was going to drop. But uh, Eubanks has uh, an incredible chin, which is going to serve her very well in her UFC career because, yeah, she can take weather the storm. There, there might be strikers who are stronger than her, uh, maybe technically better than her, but as long as she can kind of uh, withstand those, those flurries, she's going to be able to go to the ground. Which I think she's going to have an advantage against a lot of people. So Eubanks looked really, really good tonight, and 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 again. As I said, kind of with Mazo, Eubanks came in with a lot of hype. Um, it was very much diffused by issues making way to 125 and then some losses she took. But she is, you know, people are very high on her. And back-to-back wins now, now, you know, you see why. So it's always nice to see people kind of bounce back from that initial hype and kind of build it back in front of our eyes again. And then shouting out the fine folks of Western Massachusetts. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, Spring, you, Springfield stand up. Those ladies that uh, with Mark Henry, they seem to have a, a pretty solid group. Was it uh, Claudia Gadella and um, Chikagian? Chikagian. Yeah, so they got, yeah, they got 15, 25, and 35, you know, all 
very very talented lady. So uh, Mark Henry is doing a very good job with them. Um, Who's the um? Oh, what's her name? Why is it Aaron Blanchfield's there too? Oh, she's there too. Okay, yeah. yeah. Did, I, did she, is she fighting for the Invicta title or is it or has? She, yeah, she's yeah she's fighting um, the, Pro uh, Gonzalez. Oh, that's a great fight. That's a good the fight. The vacant belt. Um, that is a great fight. And Billy Q too. That guy is on a roll right now. That fight was awesome. It was between him and Kyle Nelson. It was great. Roxanne versus Grasso. Eh, maybe I mean I, if they booked it, I'd be fine with that. I think it's actually a step, I think it's a step back for Roxanne. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, unless she, I mean, again, and, and that's the danger of of, of a, a savvy fighter like Roxanne because like you would book this fight to try to put Alexa over, mm-hmm. but Roxanne loves these uh, loves these kinds of fights where she could shut down those those trains and shut down that momentum. That's a that 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 plays right into Roxanne's hands. Grasso, who do we pick for Grasso? We ha- I feel like we had a really good, like we were set with her, weren't there? Weren't, didn't we, didn't we kill on the show? We had this, we had this, we d- we we picked a fight for her and dusted our hands off. Uh, <laughs> someone else who fought recently was it? No, we didn't say who did Grasso just Macy defeat? Bar- not Ma- not Macy Barber. We didn't want to see her fight Macy Barber, did we? I thought you picked. You might have picked Macy. I may have. What did you say? How could, I don't remember. It was like the it was like whatever. It was the obvious choice of what it was a week ago. We do so many of these. I we can't. should really watch our own show. <laughs> the show. I heard it. I heard the show was good. I just I I just don't listen to it myself. If I'm being honest. <laughs> I thought. I mean, I thought it was a no brainer. Uh, was it Arujo? It might have been Arujo, right? Because they both won recently. Yeah, that's what it was. Sure. Yeah, that's what it was. Arujo okay. versus versus Grasso. That was, that, that's exactly what the fight was. Who, Who is will Rockzilla fight next? Yeah. I. She's fought I almost Jessica, everyone. Jessica, I. Ooh. But I know Jessica's dealing with gallbladder stuff and yes. things like that. Um, I think that 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 makes sense. I think that's a good fight. I mean, that's really it. That's really like the only fight she could take right now. Who's Caitlin Chikagian fighting? Jessica Andrade. Ooh, I can't I guess wait to Roxy see gets a winner of that fight, but I have a feeling they'll. It's funny you guys mentioned you know that Grasso would be a step back. I have a feeling they may, uh, they may continue to make. I think they view Roxy as a gatekeeper. Unfortunately, uh, perhaps somewhat fairly. Let's let's be honest. She is a veteran. She has been around. She's fought everyone. Um, people know her as a tough challenge, but I don't know how seriously they take her as a contender. And I feel like the matchmakers probably view her that way as well. So unfortunately I think while it's fun to maybe matchmake and look at the top 15, uh, I don't know if they are going to keep, uh, give her another uh, top 15 opponent next though. Um, the division isn't like super deep. So, um, yeah, it could go either way, but I could see them again. I could see them kind of giving her another gatekeeper matchup. Andrew Lee's lost three fights in a row. Yeah, Close ones though. Eh? Well, Lauren Murphy yeah, won, right? which pretty much most people thought she won. And mm. then before the JoJo Carterwood, which was very close, too. And this fight was—I saw so many fights tonight. Actually, I kind of forgot this fight already. <laughs> <laughs> there is pretty nothing, nothing in Andrew Lee's last three fights tells me that she's not a top 15 flyweight in the UFC. Yeah. Let me put it that way. I know the results aren't there. I know people are like, what do you mean? She's, she, how can you, she's lost three straight fights. That's all you need to point to. But again, it's very easy to just look at the numbers. If you look at the performances, again, she was right there with JoJo. She's right there with Lauren Murphy. I thought she was right there for the most part with uh, Roxanne Mataferis. I think I scored the fight for Lee. Uh, maybe I wasn't watching the fight closely enough. So uh, maybe I was wrong there. But I thought it was certainly close enough to, to make an argument for it. So uh, this could have easily been three split decisions. 
uh, losses in a row for Lee, which is, again, that just tells you either way. Does that now again, that's not, you know, that means she needs to make changes. Clearly, there's changes she needs to make to, to get over that hump. But uh, she's still, uh, I think, is still a good fighter, very talented. And, and some of you can keep matching up with people uh, in the top 15. Maybe she doesn't want that. Maybe it's time to take a step back for her as well. But, um, yeah, nothing tells me that she's not a, a potential contender in 2021. Sure. Thoughts on Vanessa Porto side of belt. Brilliant. The UFC missed the boat. Big yeah. time. Bellator, Bellator scooped it right up. Like, this is the biggest no-brainer signing they, they could have done. Yeah. I how does how does that happen? How, how does I thought there's like this very direct pipeline from Invicta to the UFC. So I have to wonder, did do we know if there was an I guess we'll, we'll, we'll find out at some point if there was an offer made from the UFC that wasn't to her liking. Did Belter somehow make a better offer uh, or did the UFC pass on her for whatever reason? I don't know. But it would seem strange that she wasn't on their radar and, you know, added to their roster. I could be wrong, but outside of Adam weights, which the UFC obviously does, doesn't have that weight class. I think the only invicted champion that hasn't gone to the UFC is Vanessa Porto and Sarah Kaufman. Hmm. And Sarah Kaufman obviously had fought for the UFC. So, yeah. So really, uh, right. Just looking at it at a glance does seem like it's just Porto. Uh, yeah. Uh, our, our thoughts is clearly, I just suppose our thoughts clearly is we're baffled. Um, I think it's a great, great signing for Bellator. Yeah. Um, a future opponent for uh, Alina Lane McFarlane. Yep. Very, very might, probably might be the best opponent that she's lined up with. Uh, and I, I would be fine with her getting an immediate title shot if we're being honest. But, sure. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's earned there's it. There's another, there's another champion. Pam Sorensen mm. has not been signed. I'm sorry. And oh. she's a 45er. How do they not sign her? I don't get it. We know why. <laughs> Come on. It's a, we're talking about the, the UFC 145 division here. It's not, it's not a priority for them. Right. But. <laughs> At least, at least you got something, for Christ's mm. sake. What mm. else we got? That's a deep cut. I like that. Uh, yeah, but I didn't even, even thought of it. You know, this is a lot of stuff happened this week. But it's uh, great. It's excellent signing. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, they get... <laughs> Just Guy versus Roxy for the most award fighter, award winner gets on Rogan. <laughs> Most award fighter. I, 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 Roxanne does not strike me as. Has she mentioned wanting to be on Rogan? I don't. I know I, I definitely did. She, I, Roxy I doesn't like doing interviews at all. Yeah. Yeah. Even her post fight today, she just wanted to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. It's a, she's, she, I mean, she's a sweetheart, but, you know, you do so many interviews. You, you, I mean, what else can, can you be asked at this point? You know? Yeah. She's too sweet for that show. Sorry, Joe, but uh, I do think I, I don't know if her personality would mesh with the usual <laughs> tone of that show. Let me put it that way. I'm sure I'm sure Joe would do a fine job of, of making her feel welcome. But uh, now the more I, I think of, I, more I think about it now, I really want to see. I, I don't watch any Joe Rogan, but I will watch Roxanne Modafari on Joe Rogan for the full two hours. He's done some very good fighter interviews. I have to give that. Usually when he has fighters on, you're going to get stuff that you've never heard before. You know, there's that comfort level that fighters have with him that they just do not have with almost any other interviewer on the planet. So, um, yeah, in that sense, sure, I'd love to see Rox. Uh, I, I think, would be would be way more for the stipulation and also would probably be a, a much more uh, headline-worthy guest. I think we'd get some we'd get some quotes out of that, should that happen. Let's Surely. look at it that way. <laughs> Trying to be diplomatic about this. Bang, bang, crystal bang, Angela won, but here we are. <laughs> I ain't mad at you for saying that. Uh, yeah, not at all. Is Angela Hill, she's not officially part of the crystal crew, right, is she? I think, I think uh, she's a, I think she's... Honorary? Honorary, yeah. I, th I, think, I think the crystal crew just, uh, 
they're trying to get her in. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. I think she's been busy training, but yeah. now, no, she, she has a little time now. Yeah. She seems, she seems too intelligent for that. So that's why I didn't assume that she was part of the Crystal Crew. So, uh, I don't think so. Wow. Oh, sorry. I, I, oh, why don't you drink some water or something? How the Raptors? <laughs> and to go oh, back, well, that's not gonna help. And to go back to to the Andrew Lee thing, Andrew Lee versus Macy Barber is the fight to make. By the way, that is the fight for Macy. And Angel. Andrea, Andrea Lee, yeah. Andrea, and, sorry, I was thinking Angela. Yeah. 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 Not Angela. <laughs> yeah, I, was thinking, I was like, oh. We're talking to Angela Hill. And then <laughs> no Angela cross promotion. Yeah. I was like, all right, let's do that. Yeah, yeah I like it. 946 Watterson, that's ridiculous. AK, explain yourself again. Yeah. Uh, well, who's, who's, who's that? Right Sandy Pham. Sandy Pham. The, the rounds are close. I just read the stats. I don't know if Sandy Pham missed the stats. The rounds are so close. If you're just looking at significant stats, which is, I think is more relevant than, than total strikes. Actually, if you're looking at total strikes, it's actually better for Watterson than uh, significant. Um yeah, I thought I thought the rounds were close. I think it's it's very hard for us to gauge uh, how hard some of the hits actually are. Like I said, if you scored it, if honestly you could score it 49-46 Hill, I think, and I wouldn't have a problem with it. Uh, so, uh, but for me, I thought I thought Watterson did enough to win uh, rounds two, three, four, and five. Two certainly could have gone either way, but either way, I'd feel very comfortable with 48-47 Watterson. So for me, that that round two was not a stretch. Uh, if you just it's just it's just one more round. I know it looks so much worse. Uh, 49-46 sounds so much more dominant than 48-47. I understand how it sounds, and I understand the optics of it. But again, having act- anyone who actually saw the fight will tell you, oh, which you know which rounds you. Oh, sorry, that wasn't meant to oh. I'm sure. Sam, I'm I guess, sure Sandy. I guess we're it. not watching the fights with the same I eyes you are. Everyone, Jeez. including you guys, and Jeez. including Sandy Fam, who asked the question. We all saw the fight, uh, and I think most people could see how close how close those rounds are. So I don't I don't think it's a robbery by any stretch, and I don't think that 49-46 is crazy. Uh, me and me and Sal Diamato can take all the shots. It's fine. We've been we've been in this business for a long time. It's fine. It's, you know, we're used to it. But uh, I, I don't think it's ridiculous. I think if people rewatch the fight, then they'll they'll feel the same way too. They're like, yeah, it's close. Uh, I don't even want to talk about the groin kick. Where's so it? brutal, so brutal. Waxmas one. It was the greatest groin kick ever. I showed oh. everyone who was around me at the time. I was like, even people who like weren't interested in MMA. I was like, you got to see this. <laughs> the just first one strangers. was so bad. The second one was the most brutal thing ever. Like just hearing him like cry, like he was crying, and I don't blame him. So the bad. reaction was so. Oh, what a beautiful oh. picture! Thank you, uh, Bellator photo. What a gorgeous, gorgeous photo. Uh, poor Peter Sinonic. Uh, I've obviously any entertainment I find from this, I I feel so so bad for him because that's that could be like a life changing groin shot. And I know people are gonna yeah. That, that, I'm not sure there's a picture of him too. Literally kind of crawling on the ground. Throwing his mouthpiece out, uh, pounding the ground in frustration. Um, and look, it was an accident, but it, this was the second spin kick to the Nards, correct? Yeah, it was yeah. like within a minute. If you're Raymond Daniels, uh, 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 someone with so much experience kickboxing and in karate and just in martial arts in general, you just can't have that happen. Okay, I think he was very lucky to get away with a no contest. Um, Again, I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't watch the whole fight, but just from what I'm, what I'm gathering from the situation, you have to control your weapons, right? The referees tell you in these situations after a foul, you got to control your weapons. That was that is not controlling your weapon. If you land a spin kick that area, you have to know that throwing that again is potentially going to do it again. I, I know it's taking a very potent weapon off the table for Raymond Daniels, but you just can't do that. You know, you you can't you can't land a shot like that. I, I have so much sympathy for Stanotic. Normally, I'm very like. Oh, sorry. Oh, there we. Um, oh. I was saying normally. Tavion. Oh, 
<laughs> Davion Franklin versus Ross Hilton. I guess. I mean, Franklin won the first two rounds, and I guess in the third round he landed a couple of shots. I didn't watch the fight to be to be clear, but just going through Twitter, apparently Davion Franklin started landing shots to the back of Ross Hilton's head, mm-hmm. and the referee stopped the fight and went to a technical decision. When for Franklin, thirty twenty-seven for Franklin. Franklin. Yeah, I saw that. So was, that was that the very first fight, the, the very first fight of the night. On yeah. yeah, I thought I thought I thought they made the right call. That it was oh, okay. it was very. If you watch the fight, the I've I've got the the guy's name. Who's the guy that won? Franklin. Franklin won. Yeah, Franklin. He was dominant. He was like ten eighting that guy. And basically, the guy. It was very similar to John Jones versus Matt Hamill in the sense that, in the sense that Franklin was just beating the crap out of him top, and he just simply ran out of ideas. So he just, you know, and the guy in the bomb just uh, turtled up, and then he just hit him one time in the back of the head. But it wasn't like just out of nowhere. It was just, I was beating him, beating him, beating him. Dude, the guy's dead. And the ref is like, ah, he can take a couple more. So eventually these guys just kind of run out of ideas. And then that's what happened. So it, it, it would have, yeah, it would have been like if Matt Hamill defeating John Jones in a sense. You know, it was like, we know who really won that fight. But uh, if, you're, if you're wondering what happened in that fight. But going back to the, uh, <clears throat> the groin shot, normally I'm, I'm very like, oh, deduct a point. I can't believe, you know, they allowed that, but I actually sympathize with Raymond Daniels here because when he did throw that spin kick, remember his opponent, what was his opponent's name? Raymond Daniels was his opponent. Uh, Stononic. Stononic was also threw a, a, a he, I think he was southpaw, and he threw a head kick. But he, that kick actually kicked Raymond Daniels in the back when, mm. when Dan, Raymond Daniels was actually spinning to throw his own spin kick. So by that just slight hit in the back, that was enough for that kick to misdirect and take a like how i think uh raymond daniel said that's his grenade launcher and he took a grenade launcher you know right in the groin so um i it was unfortunate but i, I truly think it was just unfortunate and it wasn't there was it wasn't really it was i wouldn't even say it's reckless it was just two guys throwing head kicks or two guys throwing kicks at the same time these things happen in mma uh, one in a million, Doc. One yeah. in a million. That's uh, that's Stanonic's that's Stanonic's story for the rest of his life, guys. You won't believe. You, you know, someday, thirty years from now, people are talking about, man, this is the craziest green scoring shot I've ever seen, and Stanonic will be like, let me tell you a story, my friends. Oh, but the let howl, the howl, the banging on the uh, mat. Oh, I was like, uh, it terrible. Was, yeah, I want to see the cup. That cup didn't make it. There's no way that cup made it. <laughs> Jeez. That cup cracked in half. Like that cup, that cup has to be in two pieces. Excellent Seinfeld reference, by the way. Okay. <laughs> um, by the way, can, can I just say because I'm surprised no one's talked about him yet, but that's what happens in these cards that are this exciting. I want to see Alexander Romanov fight every Saturday. <laughs> I like him. I, I like mean, him. Good God, he's exciting in the kit. He's a killer in the octagon. Then he does it like he's the friendliest killer I've ever seen. Like that post fight interview, is smiling. It was just. So happy and friendly, like you just never would see that. Like it's, it was, it was awesome. I want to see this guy fight all the time. It's like a big cuddly Moldovan bear. Romanov, scary man, will throw you over your. He will throw you head over head. This that, that suplex was crazy. Was like, I love that. Slow, threw, the look that, on that, he, that was like an eight hundred pound man. He threw head <laughs> over head. The look on Roque Martinez's face was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> 
I noticed that too when they showed the replay after the fight was over. That was that was a great shot. Rocky's no joke, man. No. That guy is that guy's nails. He's mm. super tough, and you can tell through the fight. He took a beating. That was a mauling. Romanov's Romanov. I mean, they kept saying like I kept seeing on Twitter because the commentators were like Alexander Romanov just sent a a message to the whole heavyweight division, and some people were just like, you know, fight somebody in like the top thirty, and then we could start saying that. But I. I Watch other promotions outside of the UFC because Rocky's is Rocky's a legit fighter. Like he's not he's not a top fifteen UFC fighter, but this guy's been in some wars and he's got some legit wins under his belt. So he's no slouch. He's not a pushover guy whatsoever. So that was an impressive performance. And plus, that fight got booked pretty quickly. So hats off to Rocky for even taking a fight like that and being and was willing to do it. But I like Romanoff. I want to see this guy just fight all the time. Romanoff versus Rocky Martinez was the most rising heavyweight fight I've ever seen in the UFC. That was, yeah. that just, I, I, 100%. how was Lenny Hart not calling them out? Like, that was the <laughs> most, it was just like, I was like, I, I, I go, I've seen this fight in rising. I've had to, <laughs> it just felt that way. It was just, uh, I, I, I love heavyweight fights where the guys go, you know what? If they want to fight for shirt on, go for it. <laughs> I'll tell you what matchup we need to see, and it's because we've we've gone so long without mentioning him. I need to see Romanov fight Hamzat Chermayev. Chermayev, <laughs> put your money where your mouth is. Go up to two sixty five, my friend. Get on that diet. I get a couple of I don't know, a couple of weeks of of heavy eating, and get up there and grapple with Romanov. That is now the fight that I want to see. Uh, there is your obligatory uh, Hamzat Chermayev mentioned. So shout out to all the uh, all the stream monsters out there who are waiting for that one. My apologies, since people keep giving me crap about it. I know I said Hazmat Shemaev in the Wonder Boy <laughs> interview. People kept giving me crap. Listen, when you say the name so many times, eventually you're going to get it wrong. You're not even going to like realize that you said it wrong. But I rarely go back and watch and watch my work. But when that was said, when people kept telling me about it on Twitter and stuff, I went back and watched. It. I'm like, ah. Oh. And then Wonder Boy even asked me how to pronounce it. And I still said Hazmat. <laughs> I felt like an idiot. <laughs> But by the way, Romanoff versus John Vellante is the fight to make. Oh, that, that mean that that's the fight. Hmm. I can see it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, what do you get? I mean, what else are you gonna do? Hey, Kaylee, uh, thank you. Yes, that was yes. Tristan was calling for a uh, Shemayev. Well, uh, Tristan actually commented earlier, like I can't wait till next week. I guess he was saying, you know, when Shemayev actually fights, so we can talk about Shemayev. I'm like. We don't need to wait for Chimaev to fight to mention Chimaev. We can mention Chimaev whenever we want. <laughs> That's right. That's our show. I think we mentioned it on like 90% of our podcasts and uh, videos, video programming <laughs> since uh, since Fight Island. So don't worry about that. We'll get to Hamza Chimaev uh, uh, talk no matter what. Don't worry. It doesn't matter if he's fighting or not. Hazmat, but yeah, after next Hazmat, week, Hazmat, Shemayev, start this. Hamzat, Hamzat, the suit Chimaev. Uh, yes, uh, we'll we'll definitely talk about him next week, though for sure. But I had to had to sneak one in there for my boy. So next um, week's card is ridiculous. That is a ridiculous. Let's talk about next card. week. We've been here for an hour. Let's talk about next week now. Yeah. Yes. We'll, we'll round good, off good with that. Crap, yeah. So we got obviously Covington Woodley, and uh, I don't know if you noticed the promo, but there was a certain website that was flashed across it the entire promo. Just throwing that out there. It would be MMA fighting. Then uh, <laughs> Cerrone versus Nico Price. Hamzat, Hamzat Shemaya versus Gerald Mearshart. That's a really interesting fight. Johnny Walker versus Ryan Spann's ridiculous. Mackenzie Dern's back against Random Marcos. 
Kevin Holland versus Darren Stewart is a great fight. Mirsad Bektik versus Eduardo Garagori. We got uh, Bueno Silva versus Mauro Mirabarella. Jordan Espinosa versus David Dvorak. Sarah Alpire versus Jessica Rose Clark. Randy Costa versus Journey Newsom is going to be ridiculous. Those two are going to beat the brakes out of, off of each other. Andre Ewell, Erwin Rivera, Derek Minner versus TJ Laramie making his UFC debut. Canada's Canada. Canada. Yes, Canada. And then Tyson Nam rebooked against uh, oh. promotional newcomer Jerome Rivera. That I didn't be even. The first fight of the night. I didn't even know about that. Is this breaking news? Uh, they announced it on the Where broadcast. They announced it on the broadcast. Okay, I didn't even see that. Uh, and uh, Mike, and we lost the fight on that card, too. Didn't we lose the fight today? Uh, we lost one late last night. Mickey Gall is out oh, yes. of his fight uh, with Baeza. an injury. So he's not fighting Miguel Baeza. It looks right. like, I mean, there's 14 fights on the card right now. So I I, I would say it's probably <laughs> unlikely they rebook Miguel or find another opponent. But I don't see a lot of 70 uh, guys at 171 to take that fight on short notice. But you never know. We've seen crazy things. Look at Kevin Kroon tonight coming out of nowhere on a day's notice. And putting away Roosevelt Roberts the way he did. Shemaev would do it if, God forbid, something happened to the mirror share matchup. He would absolutely cut that 15 pounds and just take. He'd be like, "Yeah, I want to stay in the card. I'll, I'll cut 15. Yeah, I'll cut 15 pounds and fight Beza. And then that would, I, and then that would suit my prediction of my my Shemaev Beza pick that I made like two months ago. Uh, uh, can you, uh, Mike? Can you do a th- can you do a a throttle kind of growl when you're pronouncing those names like like ha- it's because it, it's really it's really if you want to get it right it's really Hamzat Hamzat like Habib Habib. Habib Hamzat. Yes. Hamzat uh, Hazmat Hamzat Shemaev. Hazmat Shemaev. I cannot wait for that fight. This is a pay per view card. Wait. This is a card if, uh, if this before the, the 12 pay per views a month era, uh, where for some reason they dictated that every pay per view has to be headlined by a title fight, which I'll never understand. Um, this is a this is a title fight. Uh, sorry, this is a pay-per-view level card uh, from like six or seven years or whenever before they started doing that. Um, Woodley and Covington is just a grudge match people have been asking for forever. And then, as you mentioned, Cerrone and Price could be a fight of the year candidate. Uh, Hamza Shemaev, everyone wants to see him fight. So there you go. He's like one of the hottest names right now. Johnny Walker, let's not forget, was like the hottest name around this time. Like last year, obviously, you know, a lot of a lot of shine came off of there because some of the losses he suffered. But he's still a super exciting guy, especially when you throw him in there with someone like Ryan Spann. And uh, Mackenzie Dern, again, also a name, uh, very much a name in, in the MMA sphere that, that is so intriguing and that draws eyeballs. So, um, yes, this is this is really a pay-per-view level card that you people that you people are getting for your ESPN Plus subscription, and us people in Canada will be getting on on TSN. So yeah, I, and uh, I'm not gonna say this if, is if, UFC pay per view level, but this is early UFC on Fox level. <laughs> so specific, but, but sure. UFC, early UFC on Fox. That you know what that means. That that, that had a remember like UFC on Fox one through like I don't know one through eight or nine. They felt special. And then eventually they just became what UFC on Fuel cards, but whatever. I was going to say, it's certainly better than UFC on Fuel TV <laughs> and definitely better than like UFC on FX. It's definitely Oh, yeah. Them. Those are bad, too. Yeah. Those are pretty bad. And by the way, if, if there's any media members watching who are going to be on the virtual media day call and Mackenzie Dern's up there, do not ask her about her weight. You don't need to. Just look at her. She said she's 119 when I talked to her on Wednesday. 119. She'll be on weight probably by the time she gets off the plane. She's probably there now, all right? You don't need to ask her about the weight. You don't need to be concerned about it. She's going to make it. Uh, by the way, uh, if you, I know people have asked, can you get Colby on before he fights? 
I will tell you that I've tried. Colby is off. Colby goes through these spells. Very rarely when I text Colby Covington, does he not respond to me? Right now, he is he's kind of off the radar. He hasn't talked to anybody. I, I'm pretty sure that the last time I talked to him was the last interview he did. So if you want to get Colby's thoughts on the fight, go back into the archives and watch that because I think I'm pretty sure that's the last interview he's done heading into the fight. Well, I think once he went pen to paper and then once the Mazadal thing working with Woodley came out, he he's off the radar. So I think the virtual media day will be like the next time you hear from him. So I've tried. Trust me on that. Real quick. We don't got to predict a winner for Colby Woodley, but these, these, you know, bad blood fights, they go one way or the other. It's going to kind of just be, you know, one of those fights or he's going to be freaking awesome. Like, you know, like Usman Covington, like Usman Covington, which, where are we going? Where are we going? Awesome or just, yeah, it's a fight. I don't know. I'm the prince of positivity, you know that. And part of me wants to say this is going to be more like Usman uh, Covington. But I'm so, I was so discouraged by the Woodley uh, Burns fight. I cannot lie. And Burns is a great talent. All the credit to him. But it just looks like Woodley cannot pull that trigger anymore. Just like also we saw with Robbie Lawler. You hit, you hit a wall at some point. And I think it doesn't matter who you're fighting. It doesn't matter how motivated you are. Something happens when you get in there. Uh, and you're just not able to to execute like you used to. So do I think that's – I do kind of think that's where Tarun Woodley is in his career. And uh, Covington's such a pressure fighter. I think he's really going to put it on him. Um, I know that's not what people want to hear, and it's such a it's such a negative thing for me to say. So you know what? The good news is I'm usually wrong about these things. So I'll stick with my – for you people, I will stick with my prediction and say I think we might get a somewhat discouraging fight. We might get a lopsided, lopsided uh, Covington win. But again, if I'm wrong – good for everyone else interesting point gerald mirchard made in my conversation with him is that he was when i did the interview with him he was in st louis working with tyron woodley he doesn't work with tyron that often but when he does he's done it for two other fights where he's worked with him primarily and as like a a full-on partner one robbie lawler two darren till so maybe maybe you get a little something here he says Woodley looks great. I mean, he's not going to say Woodley looks like shit because, I mean, they're teammates and they're working together. But um, I think, I mean, if there's one fight that's going to get Woodley back on track and at least like the Woodley that made a run at the belt and started finishing guys, like this is the fight. Like this is it. Like if he doesn't, if we see that same guy again that we saw in the Usman fight and the Burns fight, like what else is there to do to like get him out of this funk? Like this, this is the fight. We'll see. Yeah, again, no, I think you're absolutely right. This is it's a cliche, do or die, make or break, whatever one you want to use. This is it. This is the one he's been asking for. Uh, stylistically, also, again, I think a lot of people, when Woodley was the champion, would have easily picked him uh, to be coming. I think it would have at least been a two-to-one favorite in the odds. But things change so fast in MMA. And, you know, what we think and what is reality can change so quickly. So the reality of Tyron Woodley right now is he's – just I, I would say just barely hang on to a top five spot and a loss to Covington really sends him plummeting down. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily sends him to retirement. I don't know if we want to go that far, um, but it would have people. I think it would a loss to Covington would have people uh, asking that question for him. Sadly, man. Yeah, it's going to be 38 years old. Yep. He's done yeah, a Colby's lot. At, Colby's training at MMA Masters for this hmm. camp as well. Uh, Nico with Nico Price. And, uh, and, and that team over there. So we'll see. I mean, this is, this is his first camp, like not at ATT, not without Dan Lambert by his side. And 
there's there's a lot of interesting factors. But Colby is a super smart fighter. Whether you think he's had exciting fights or you know he's a boring fighter or whatever people think that he's very intelligent. He's got great game plans and they usually seem to pay off. We'll see what happens. The Usman one did not, but uh, that was a just an awesome fight. So I'm looking forward to that entire card next week. I cannot wait. And we're going to be talking all about it on Between the Links and What the Heck and all the all the craziness. So do we have any other questions, Casey, or should we, uh, nah, should we say goodbye here? I think we're, I think we're I think ready to say goodnight. Yes. Let's just before uh, – I mean, lastly, I'll say, well, let's shout out – I don't know if just any names we missed. Liz Carmouche, successful uh, oh, UFC, uh, Bellator debut. Won by, yeah, which won by, uh, won by submission. Uh, Keone Diggs, uh, which, yes. uh, which what I think is a pretty big upset because Derek – I mean, he's undefeated, sure. But Derek Campos is a Bellator original, a veteran, uh, and uh, he got – I also uh, – sorry, I actually did not have the chance to see the fight. Does anyone know – was this a come from behind? Did he need this uh, submission? He finished with one second – remaining in the fight uh he choked out Derek campos i don't know sorry i was not watching no, that I don't fight know was from, right during I mean, another important fight so i had to skip that one i didn't i didn't that was like one of the few okay. fights i did not watch yeah i apologize to readers but regardless of the circumstances choking out a veteran like Derek campos with one second remaining in a fight uh that is again something that i think we'll review uh, and i think we'll actually be talking about for a while because Diggs again had a little bit of hype behind him but i certainly picked campos to beat him um and just assumed that i would see campos by knockout or campos by decision on the results sheet uh i did not expect to see keone Diggs by technical submission at uh, 459 of round three so good for him he definitely deserves a shout out <laughs> and big shout out to bobby green as well another oh, win for him awesome uh, way to use his time on the mic as well basically walked out on michael bisbing um took a stand thought that was great uh jalen turner great win tonight uh over over brock weaver that was a great fight and then bam bam is back brian barbarina beat anthony ivy after over a year away and back surgeries and all sorts of craziness but Bam Bam is just always an exciting fight. So we had some good suggestions, which we we will probably uh, discuss on on to the next one on Monday. So that's it. I think we uh, will put a bow on this thing. We've been doing this for a little while. So for AK, for E. Casey Lydon, I am Mike Heck. Hope you guys enjoyed the the fights tonight and on Friday night. And we'll we'll see you with all the coverage right here on MMAfighting.com. Good night, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.